Welcome to the Fair Talks podcast, where we educate everyday people for extraordinary change. I'm your host, Alicia Chan, Executive Director of Fair Trade LA, a community of business members, nonprofits, and fair trade enthusiasts driving proactive, sustainable solutions for a fairer world. I'm also a social entrepreneur with a passion for ending poverty and creating dignified jobs. Together, we'll explore how fair trade changes lives and communities and what we can do to address some of the world's biggest problems right in our own homes. Let's dive in. Fair Talks is brought to you by Fair Trade USA, the organization that brings you the Fair Trade certified label. Fairtrade USA is committed to building an innovative model of responsible business, conscious consumerism, and shared value to eliminate poverty and enable sustainable development for farmers, workers, their families, and communities around the world. When I first started attending meetings at Fairtrade LA, now over eight years ago at Hebrew Union College of USC, I remember meeting this girl, Michelle, who had just started her small business with her best friend, Faye, creating totes in India and giving back to fight human trafficking. I was so inspired by her work. That's when I knew I found the right community. Ever since then, we've been growing our businesses, sharing wins and challenges together as small business owners. And now I can be a witness and say that the Tote Project has become a successful fair trade company that is raising awareness and fighting human trafficking. They were recently featured in Forbes, USA Today, BuzzFeed, People Magazine, and more. The mission of the Tote Project is to end human trafficking through ethical manufacturing, giving back, and spreading awareness. It's practical and purposeful totes on a mission. An easy and effective way to make a difference with affordable, sustainable products that people can use every day. When you carry their products, you hold on to hope for the millions of people trafficked worldwide. The Tote Project was born out of friendship and a shared dream. It is a shared passion for empowerment, for restoration, and for freedom. Today, we have the honor of sitting down with both of the co-founders of the Tote Project, Faye Grant and Michelle Chavez. I'm so excited to share this powerful conversation with you, our listeners. Faye and Michelle believe that there is hope for the millions of victims of human trafficking worldwide. Their passion for fighting trafficking extends to countless hours of personal dedication that includes time mentoring survivors one-on-one, workshops, and art classes for those who have been trafficked. Michelle joined the neo-abolitionist movement in college after a screening of the documentary Call and Response. Realizing that she could make a difference empowered her to take action, and getting involved in grassroots fair trade and human trafficking awareness campaigns prepared her for her role in the Tote Project. She currently works on business development and supply chain management, as well as advocating for ethical fashion through writing and speaking engagements. She and her husband live in Southern California with their daughter, son, and rescue pup dog, Jean Valjean. I love that name. Faye became an activist in the fight against human trafficking after realizing her personal experience of childhood abuse gave her knowledge, empathy, and understanding she could use to help others who were suffering from trauma. For her, the Toe Project is a way to show people that painful experiences don't have to feed into fear, shame, and regret, but can instead be turned into compassion, loving action for the greater good. For the last decade, she has hand-painted their Freedom Collection artwork, but for health reasons, she has shifted her focus to artistic collaborations. She currently spends time on business development, 
art workshops with survivors in creative design. She resides in Southern California with her husband and daughter. If you haven't seen Faye's artwork on these totes and pouches yet, you have to check them out. They are so beautiful. You will for sure fall in love with one or all of the designs. And guess what? They are generous enough to give us an exclusive discount just for you. So stick around till the end for the exclusive promo code. Now, let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining me, Michelle and Faye. It's so good to have you guys. We're so happy to be here. (laughs) Honestly, since I started this podcast, you guys have been my dream guests. I've been thinking like, I want them to be on this so bad. So I'm so glad you guys are here and we're making this happen. (laughs) That means so much to us. We're really, really excited to be here. Thank you. So I guess, first of all, I love how the Tote Project was born out of friendship. Can you tell us how you got started and how was the Tote Project created? Yeah, so we've been in business almost 10 years. Michelle and I met 12 years ago and basically just hit it off pretty quickly. And within, I think, a day of meeting, we both realized we had a passion for fighting human trafficking. It was pretty quick. And we initially were like, what can we do? How can we volunteer together? I mean, it was hard at the time. I mean, human trafficking wasn't really a hot topic a decade Mm. ago. Sort of the volunteer options were just limited. We felt kind of discouraged. And and we were both working full-time in music, you know, then. And just finding time, it was hard. So eventually, I actually moved to Asheville, North Carolina. And I still really wanted to do something to fight trafficking. And I started sewing pouches and tote bags by hand using like upcycled and vintage fabrics. And they took a long time. Like some of them were like patchwork, very intricate. I was selling them on Etsy. And then whenever someone would purchase an item, I would donate a portion of the proceeds to an organization fighting trafficking. And it was going very slow and my donations were very tiny. I mean, I kept plunking away. And then California actually banned plastic bags. And I was like having a glass of wine with my husband. And I was like, It'd be kind of crazy if like maybe Michelle and I like teamed up and like made totes or like did something like what I'm doing right now on a bigger scale. Like what if we changed the world with a tote bag, which like on a glass of wine sounded like a completely, you know, awesome idea. I called her. I remember exactly where I was at the time. Actually, I called her. I was like, do you want to do this? Do you want to start this company? Maybe we'll call it the tote project. Maybe that sounds too obvious, like, but let's just work and maybe we'll roll with it. And then she said, yes. And the journey kind of started there. So I remember exactly where I was too. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a significant moment in your lives. I did not realize you guys only knew each other for two years before starting the Toe Project. Yeah. Wow. It's it's crazy. Like even just looking at our journey over the last 12 years, like it's flown by and we've been through so much together. It's really special. We have that friendship where it's like we met and like as soon as we had like a day to spend together, we were just instant best friends and it felt like we had known each other forever. That's (laughs) amazing. (laughs) And Faye, I just love all your designs. Like you are the one that does like the watercolor, right? The watercolor designs. It is incredible. Thank you so much. I actually was not very good when I started, but I just kept at it. I was, you know, we've talked about this, you know, I think initially when we started the toe project it was kind of just this mess of we're two people with different skill sets and Mm -hmm. 
we know we're both passionate about like finding human trafficking. How can we take this creativity that we have or this knowledge or, you know, skill and put it towards something impactful? So that was kind of how it was born. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds so much like a marriage right now. <laughs> <laughs> We even got matching wings at one point. Oh, <laughs> we did. I love that. Actually, that's what I'm like most looking forward to right now is in a little bit, I'm going to ask you guys a few questions about just your personal relationships and how you guys like work so well together. Cause I'm sure, yeah, our audience is going to be so interested in that. But before I get there, I do want to really highlight the amazing work of the Toe Project. I always admired how simple yet impactful your business model like you've created with the Toe Project, where you help end trafficking in three major ways. And I just love how simple and like digestible that is for the audience. So the three specific ways, and our audience can find this on their website, is ethical manufacturing, raising awareness, and giving back. You guys were very intentional about every step. So I want to dive into each of those steps. So first of all, can you tell us about where your products are made and how you are manufacturing ethically? Yeah. So when Faye had this idea for the Tote Project and we decided to give it a go, our first conversation when we got down to business was, okay, how do we make sure that there's no trafficking in our supply chain? Because mm. if we are a company with a mission to end trafficking, how tragic would that be if like accidentally we ended up hiring the wrong group of artisans or hiring a, a factory that trafficked people to make products. And so we wanted to pursue fair trade manufacturing. And at the time, like we knew about fair trade and what it meant, and but we didn't really have that many connections to anybody in the fair trade world. Mm. Um, I had been, I'd gone to school with Becca, who is now an employee at Fair or at 10,000 Villages. And um, her and I would get together in college and like talk about fighting human trafficking. And we were in a club together. And she was like the one person that I thought of where I was like, hmm, I wonder if she has any resources that could help us. So I had reached out to her. And then I also like reached out to the World Fair Trade Organization. But at the time, this was like, again, 10 years ago, they didn't have a really good way of like reaching out and finding a factory. And so they had us fill out this form and then just artisans from all over the world started contacting us, but they weren't like sewers. It would be like, oh, I make jewelry or I make blankets or like nobody actually made tote bags. And so we were feeling really discouraged because, you know, we were just feeling stuck. And then Becca wrote back eventually and said, hey, oh my gosh, it's been so long. It'd probably been like a couple of years since I talked to her. But she said, I actually work at a fair trade factory that employs human trafficking survivors. And I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. So serendipitous. Yeah. So serendipitous. We're like, well, that's exactly what we want. Like, we didn't even think of that being a possibility that we could have fair trade plus employee survivors. So that organization that she worked with was in India. And we immediately got on board and started working with them. And wow. we initially made all of our pouches and totes with them. And 
it was great, but we actually kind of outgrew them. And so then we needed to start looking for another fair trade partner, you know, several years into it that could keep up with demand. And so we've worked with several different fair trade organizations at this point. All of them, I think, have been based in India and in different parts of India. But we're really excited that the initial group that we met through Becca, they still make our pouches. So we love that we get to give back when we make our pouches because we're supporting this nonprofit that employs survivors in India. So very exciting for us. But we also love that we are now partnering with an organization that makes our totes and they use fair trade cotton and fair trade manufacturing, which Mm -hmm. has been really hard for us to do previously. And we're like, we finally got there, like the full circle product, perfectly fair trade. (laughs) Wow, that's incredible. I and this is why I admire your business model so much, because I wish more organizations not only gave back which is obviously important, but also was equally passionate about the manufacturing side because there's power in impacting the world in both. So that's incredible. And for um, inside your pouches, there's recycled sari in there, which I love that special touch of um, bringing that culture into the pouch too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, they're all unique, all one of a kind. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. So and then one of my favorite things also about buying and gifting anything from the Tote Project is that I know it comes with information about human trafficking and it's such a beautiful and easy way to educate others about it. So hopefully this will inspire other businesses to do that as well. But tell us how you use your products and your business platform to raise awareness about human trafficking. Well, we knew right away when we started, we wanted our totes to spark conversation about human trafficking. So There's so many elements, actually. So every tote or pouch has a freedom phrase. Mm -hmm. And so the point of that is for us to sort of reflect on our freedoms that not everyone has. Mm -hmm. So that was like a really fun creative side of what we were Mm -hmm. doing. And then we knew we wanted to give everyone the hotline number. So which I'll shout out now is 888-3737-888 if you need it. So we have like little brochures that we put inside the totes and pouches that include like, you know, initially we had a whole thing. It was like this long sheet of paper that had every fact, the hotline number. And with I remember time, that. We, <laughs> like an essay in the tote. <laughs> with time, we've kind of shrunk things down. We redirect people to our website where we have a ton of information, like documentaries you can watch, like all the facts about it and like our story and all of that. But yeah, even when you open the toad in the bottom, it talks about like hold on to hope, which is our catchphrase, like hold on to hope that we can end trafficking. The pocket inside has like information about what we do in human trafficking. So yeah. pretty much, I mean, we have this blank canvas literally where we can just share about this important topic. Mm-hmm. And I just love that it really has sparked a lot of conversation. You know, we hear stories like someone gifted me this and I had no idea this was happening mm-hmm. in my city. It's been really cool to see. And we also like speak we go to colleges and we spread awareness that way. Social media, of course, is a great platform. Yeah. But yeah, pretty much any way that we possibly can, we try to talk mm-hmm. about it. No, that's also, why. Can I add to that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say too, we were super excited this last year because we realized like so much of this was from Faye and I doing research, right? Like we have sources that we trust and we'll try to research the latest news about trafficking, the latest statistics and share those. But then we realized like we want to hear about human trafficking from a survivor because that's who you can really learn from way more so than just reading stats. And so we've recently started partnering with survivors for social media to raise awareness and hear directly from them like 
how they believe you can end trafficking and what they want us to do about it. And that's been a really exciting, like new way for us to raise awareness. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I love how intentional you guys are with every step of the process. And I can tell just, it's amazing. Now the last step. So we talked about ethical manufacturing, raising awareness. Now the last step, but definitely one of the most important is your give back model. Whenever you buy anything from the Toe Project, a percentage of it gives back to organizations that either work with survivors or are helping end trafficking. So tell us about your give back model and the different organizations, different nonprofits you give back to. So we give back um, 10% of our gross profits to a nonprofit called The Qualified, and they're based in Los Angeles. Um, They provide a career academy for human trafficking survivors who are looking to pursue their dream jobs. And we were just blown away once we heard about what they're doing because big issue where a lot of times traffickers end up in a safe house and they, you know, have the chance to have freedom. But because of all the extreme complex trauma that they've been put through, it's hard for them to reintegrate into like normal life again. And people expect them like, okay, you're free, like go get a job. And it's hard for them with PTSD and different things to just do that. And so a lot of times they end up re-victimized or going into sex work or, you know, something that's really tragic. And so what Qualified does is pair them with occupational therapists who work with them all along the way to not only identify their dream jobs, but once they get the job, they stay with them and make sure that they can thrive in this new environment and navigate what it's like to maybe have a demanding boss or experience things in the workplace that might be triggering it's a really incredible program and we started donating right from the beginning and they were a really small nonprofit that just got started we we're this really small brand that just got started so it's been exciting to like donate and grow with them and even get involved like speaking at their career academy about entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. getting to know the women who are involved there because it's so local for us and especially now that phase back she used to fly in for for these wow. workshops she doesn't have to do that anymore so that's exciting and then so that's like always 10% of our gross profits go to that but then we also partner like with Dress Ember we'll do they're an amazing nonprofit Mm -hmm. that raises awareness and raises funds for trafficking or anti-trafficking I should say we just Uh, interviewed them for our last episode Wonderful. That's great. So your um, listeners will know all about it. So we make their tote bag. We've done that for the last couple of years and we donate 25% of the sales to them for that. And we also partnered with an organization called Safe Bay to put on a workshop for foster care children to help them learn about trafficking and hopefully prevent them from becoming trafficked because foster youth are often targeted by traffickers. And so as you can see, we can talk about this forever. <laughs> yeah. Like one of my favorite things that we do to give back is we organize art workshops for survivors. So we partner with different safe houses across the country. We pay for all the supplies and we, we've done it in person. We've done it through Zoom, you know, during the pandemic, of course, and if it's too far for us to travel. But it's been really special to actually be in a room with these women and just seeing them paint their representation of hope or whatever they've experienced. And some of them will sing or share stories. We'll cry together. It's really incredible. I mean, I think that's probably one of my favorite things about what we do. Wow. 
I'm speechless. <laughs> it's incredible. I remember actually, now that I remember that the last time I saw both of you was actually at the graduation. Um, the qualified, yeah, yeah, oh. Academy, one of their last ones in Bel Air, like right before the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah, That's wow, true. yeah. And I remember just being in tears, hearing them read their poetry, and yeah, just seeing them express themselves in different ways. And yeah, I love qualified. I I would love to actually have them on as a as a guest as well. I remember just learning about how intentional they are in i guess working with their survivors and one of the one of the stories i heard i mean captured my heart was that they hire these security guards i guess like after their evening classes at at qualified they would walk them to the bus stop because they wanted them to feel that security like uh, a safe male figure and that sort of sense of protection and security and i was like that is incredible <laughs> Just the intentionality behind it. So incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you guys do workshops there as well. So anyways, I can brag about you guys all day. (laughs) So though the Toe Project is a small business and run by a small team, I personally see the Toe Project as a successful fair trade company. Like if I would have to name, you know, the successful fair trade companies out there, the Toe Project's definitely on that list. What would you say has been a key to success for you? Like, I'd love to hear what advice you would give to other fellow small business owners who are just grinding away right now. Well, Michelle and I actually talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think, you know, of course, it's hard running your own business and it's very easy to, you know, get carried away and have late nights and forget about everything else. And just, you know, especially when you can do it at home and you can do it anywhere, you can be thinking about it in your car. You know, we've been very intentional about making sure that we make time for health, family, so that we can have that balance, you know? And I think from the beginning, our main focus was like, the cause. And it's been so driving for us whenever we've gone through hardships or, you know, there's been times in this business where we've both had really heavy things going on in our personal lives. And we're like, can we keep doing this? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we talked to a survivor that we'd worked with or something would happen. And we're like, this is why we're doing it. We have to keep going. And it's really just, it really has been the driving force. I mean, from the beginning, we didn't really know how to be profitable. I mean, we started, it was entirely we want to help empower survivors of human trafficking. How can we do that with no intention of like, it was going to be almost a hobby. And we we never really talked about how are we going to make a bunch of money doing this? It was like, how are we going to help people? And so that really has been, I think, the most driving force for us. Yeah, I agree. I feel like if we had just given back money, but we weren't actually involved on like personal basis, it would have been harder for us to keep going. It's like, having that personal connection to what we do and like talking to survivors, like, and sometimes like Faye said, when we've been down, like a survivor will randomly reach out to us and be like, thank you for what you're doing. We're like, Oh, okay. That like that, even if we have one person, like it's worth it to, to put in all this effort and work. And I think I've been thinking about this a lot too. And another thing that has really helped us, I think has been taking this approach of just going slow and steady. You know, we, kind of, you know, went back and forth about how we wanted to approach our business when we launched it. 
whether we wanted to try to just get a ton of money up front and just like go full time. But we started with a crowdfunding campaign and we raised just enough money. We didn't even meet our full goal, but we did Indiegogo so you could get whatever you raise. And we raised just enough to place an order of totes. And then we got the totes and made more money so that we could get like two orders of totes and then four orders of totes and then pouches. And rather than like it just getting overwhelmed with like trying to go huge right from the start, we've just inched our way up and like slowly, you know, ordered more and more. So now we're ordering 5,000 at a time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think especially for the season of life that we were in, that worked for us. And Mm -hmm. we had to be realistic about, you know, what worked And, you know, for us as moms and also for like we had other jobs and those jobs paid our bills. And so we weren't quite ready to just quit and and do it full time yet. But now we are doing Tote Project full time and it's super, super exciting. And then there's one other thing if if there's time for me to share. Yeah, please do. The last thing that Faye and I both talked about yesterday was just like reflecting on how many people helped us along the way. We learned once that like female entrepreneurs are more likely to ask for help than male entrepreneurs. I forget what the exact stat was, but if it wasn't for just our friends and family, like we couldn't have gotten through 10 years of business, like with everything going on. And you included, Alicia, have been a huge help to us, like, like saved us during really hard times. And it's just been like, you know, every step of the way, if we don't know something, we'll just call a friend, like lifeline, ask for help. Never be ashamed to do that because, you know, your friends and family and even like on social media ask like, hey, I have a question about this. Can anyone help? Like people want to help and support what you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, you guys hit like three key things that I definitely see small businesses need. One is just like you said, the last thing you said is like, don't be afraid to ask for help, especially if you're a mom, if you're a single mom trying to do a small business, like don't be afraid to ask for help because you'll be surprised how many people will jump on that opportunity to be able to help. They just don't know how. So I love that. I, I need to take that <laughs> advice myself more. And yeah, like what Faye said is uh, it's all about your why. Like when you create a small business, when you create, especially a fair trade business, one that gives back, like don't ever forget your why. Like that should always, that that is always the motivation behind like everything you do, especially during hard times, like turn back to like, why did I start this? That is so important. And then, yeah, I actually tell people who want to start a small business too. I always say like, start slow. Don't go crazy in the beginning. Start slow because from my experience, when you first get started, even though you think you know what you're doing, you absolutely don't. (laughs) Big learning curve. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like years later, you're going to look back and be like, wow, I was so, I did not know what I was doing in the beginning. And your business just transforms so much just within the first five years. And so, yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. Like if anyone's thinking about starting a small business, definitely. I think from our experience is starting slow and yeah, growing steadily. Like that is the key. Sorry to interrupt, but we got to tell you this. Did you know that Fairtrade LA led the campaign that officially designated Los Angeles the largest fair trade city in North America and the fourth largest in the world? We are a nonprofit that exists because of the support from people like you. Become a Fairtrade LA monthly donor to ensure this educational content reaches as many people as possible. Go to Fairtrade LA slash donate to pledge your support. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Let's get back to the episode. 
Okay, so now that we've covered this amazing company that you both created, I want to ask some personal questions. <laughs> it's not common that we see two friends come together to start a business, and I would say even less common for two friends to stay in business together. <laughs> so may I ask, what's your secret? What's the secret sauce? And how do you guys run a business together and even overcome maybe differences in opinion and make difficult decisions together. I mean, you guys have been through a whole pandemic together and your business is still here. So <laughs> talk to us. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest things for us is, is just knowing that the other person is never intentionally trying to hurt you. I think, you know, I think with any relationship, really, you know, with the loved one or a friend, I think whenever there's been a disagreement or misunderstanding, I think, she and I always talk about everything and, and, and knowing like in my heart, if we have a disagreement, like she's not trying to hurt me, I'm not trying to hurt her and never taking it as quite as personally. And we literally, like, I remember when we first started being like, okay, Michelle, we're going to talk about everything. We're never going to hold back. If there's something that you're upset about that I did, you're going to tell me like straight out, you're not going to sit there and stew on it to where it just grows into this big thing that we can never get over, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's been a huge part of why we've been able to succeed. And also we have a lot of the same core values and that's been really important. You know, we care about a lot of the same things and like, you know, for our business model specifically, you know, you have to make sure right. that you care about the same things. If she didn't care about fair trade and I did, obviously, we have a problem, mm -hmm. you know, so that's been a huge part. I know, Michelle, you had stuff that you wanted to contribute to to this question. Yeah. I, I mean, you, I think you're spot on, Faye. Like, we just have a mutual love and respect for each other and giving each other the benefit of the doubts, like simplifying it. Just We just assume like, because I think in any relationship over 10 years, you're going to accidentally hurt someone or say something that's, you know, hurt someone's feelings, but then you can share, it's like a safe space that, you know, if either of us are hurt, we can say, you know what, that kind of hurt my feelings when you said that. And then it gives, creates the space for the other person to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. And like, like, I know you weren't trying to hurt me, but it did hurt. And like, just being able to have those honest conversations. And honestly, we don't even like even have those much anymore in the beginning we had to kind of get used to working with each other and and all that but now it's like it's very smooth knock on wood it's been <laughs> again the more I I hear this the more I'm like these are advice for marriages too so take it up guys <laughs> because it's so it's so true like let's keep it simple you know people are not trying to hurt each other and I guess what I've witnessed too between you is like you guys are truly putting each other above the business. Like I remember, you know, you guys, Michelle, you were sharing me with me about truly the possibility of shutting down the Toe Project because of like your personal struggles, you know, like the, the health. I think that love there between you two is truly what's driving this this organization this and i'm sure sharing that love and compassion for survivors and then the you know that's that's the love that was birthed from the beginning and is keeping it going you're getting me all teared up in my <laughs> oh you're so sweet this is like a counseling session right Lots here. Of love. <laughs> oh my god you really are Aww. Aww. i love it um 
So I guess to piggy off of that, do you have any advice or pointers for people who may be thinking about starting a business together with a friend? Like what should they consider before diving in? Well, I, we were thinking about this, that like we had a, you know, we didn't know each other for a long time, like we discussed, but a couple of years was a decent amount of time to know each other. And we spent so much time together when Faye was in Los Angeles and it was smooth. Like, and I think that's a big indicator. Like if you have somebody that you're really close friends with, but you fight all the time in your friendship, like <laughs> don't start a business together. Yeah. <laughs> Only going to get worse. <laughs> if you have somebody that you just like face said, you have those core values. That's really going to get you far. And it's, I think it's actually really special. Something we don't talk about very often is that Faye and I come from different religious backgrounds and we were able to like, during our friendship, talk about like our, our views a lot, like really respectfully and kindly. And there is no condescension or judgment. And if you can like, you know, if you have that, like, it's hard to talk about religion or politics without yeah. getting angry and like mean, especially nowadays. So if you have a friend where like, you're able to overcome that and it's smooth, like you can run a business together. No problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that is so true because there's not a single person on this earth that thinks exactly the same as you like unless it's yourself you know like there's no a single person and we should not expect that in any of our relationships to have someone think exactly like you and yeah. to be able to overcome differences in opinion and different things is so crucial for the success of that relationship so that's great so now you both have kids and recently moved, both moved within 20 minutes away from each other. Like, seriously, what a dream story. Yes. What a dream journey. I just love seeing your two girls play together. Um, it must be surreal for you guys. And and it must be different now running a business as a mother. Because when you guys first started, you guys weren't mothers yet. So on top of that, Faye, you've had some very difficult health journey um, recently and so how do you both balance everything and make it work? I know we have many small business owners who are mothers out there, maybe single mothers. What are some advice you would give to them? Yeah, I mean, I think I touched on this a little earlier. I think what we've always done, and, and that ties into going slowly, is that we've always prioritized our family, our health. You know, Michelle's also had some struggles with health stuff, I think, you know, and having that best friend, honestly, has been really crucial because, you know, there's been times where like Michelle's had to take the full load because I was really unwell or she was really unwell and I had to take the full load. And there's never been this like resentment or frustration, like I'm doing it all and you're not doing anything. It's like, we're a family, like in the business and outside of it, it's like, we have the same goal and we love each other and we're going to do whatever it takes to get through these hard times and support each other. But mainly we both recognize the importance of like these moments with our children that we're never going to have again. And especially with my health and going through these changes and sort of adapting to the recent news of what's going on with me, like, you know, you just see things so differently. It's like, how can we re like restructure our brand to still be able to make an impact, but also like, consider that I may not physically be able to do all the things that I, I had once been able to do. And Michelle has been really supportive through all of this. I mean, there's been times where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And she's like, I'm here, like, whatever you can't do, I'll do, you know? And I think 
And that's been huge for us. And I think if we didn't have that balance and like, you know, we just pushed ourselves into the ground, like, I don't think our business would have survived. I think we would have burned out and we probably would have just crumbled really. I think that was a huge part of it is just having that balance and awareness and, and really prioritizing those, those small things that really matter the most like family, you know, and each other. Yeah. To give like a practical example, Faye, of like exactly what you're saying. I was thinking about how we, um, like we lined up two amazing artist partnerships this year or this for this next year. And as we started getting into the contracts and preparing for like all the work that it takes to like have big partnerships and create new products, we were realizing like with everything we have going on, because there was literally a time where everybody in the tote project was hospitalized at once, mm-hmm. like including our other like employee, like all three of us oh. are like texting from the hospital. It's like, we only have so much, you know, time to devote, even though we are doing this and focusing on it full time. But um, we we're just realizing like, we have to give ourselves grace and like, we want to do everything and go a hundred percent all the time, but yeah. we can't. And so we ended up choosing, you know, well, we had like one for spring and one for winter lined up for these artists. And we had to tell the one that for winter, like we only have capacity to do this one artist partnership this year. Like mm-hmm. we felt so bad and it was such a hard decision because we loved his art but he was so understanding and was like oh my gosh let's just partner in the next year like don't worry about it your health comes first and I don't know why we were so nervous to like tell him that be honest but like making those hard calls like putting yourself first and your health first and families first is really really important yeah I think when anyone starts a business that business becomes their baby which it is but I think after time you realize okay they're like literally yourself, your health, your family is the most important. And it's having that perspective that sometimes, you know, <laughs> that difficult health journey, health journeys give you. So that helps. And yeah, I think just speaking to the hearts of fellow small business owners, like take care of yourself. I, I've learned to let go of certain things in my business. Like it's okay. The world's not going to fall apart if this is delayed. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's so true. Yeah. Um, oh, and I think we also wanted to add, like, as moms, like, just speaking to, like, mom to mom, that, like, you just, you don't have to do it all. Like, you can't do it all. There's so much pressure on us, uh, you know, to, like, ha- keep your house perfect and, like, Instagram ready and cook, like, farm to table <laughs> and run a business and be present with your children and present with your husband's, like, you can't do all of those things. So like in my, when it comes to like my balance, it's like, well, I'm sorry, the house is going to be messy today or like grab takeout, DoorDash, you know, it's like, I can't do it all. And, and mm-hmm. again, you would burn out in your family life if you, you know, try to do everything all at once. It's just not realistic. Absolutely. So and yeah. hire people. I mean, that was, cause that was what we did initially. We're like, we can do everything. We didn't, we're going to save money and we're going to do it all. And then we were like, we could totally just hire someone to help put our website together like why are we and the crazy thing is we're like those people are way better at it than we are yeah (laughs) you know it's like why why didn't we think of that you know so that's really helpful to just be willing to you know reach out for help again ask for help or you know hire people if you need to find that balance you know it's so true now with instagram we only see the the perfect 
you know, moms with their business and the perfect homes and the perfect dinners, but that is definitely not the real reality. Uh, here. Um, <laughs> my house is in a huge mess because of the holiday season. You know, this is where I store mm-hmm. all my products and all the boxes everywhere. So that is the reality right there. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. So what do you envision for the future of the Toe Project? Um, I'm I'm excited to hear because I already got some sneak peek, but what would you like to see happen in the near and far future of the Toe Project? We are, we just started discussing with some new artists, which is really fun. Like when I realized that I wasn't capable of doing the art as much anymore for us because of my health, I loved that we could start supporting other artists. You know, there's so many great artists out there. And so we're going to be using some of this new art on new products. So we're very excited. I don't want to like <laughs> share too much, but we, this, we've actually, we were laughing yesterday. We're like, we've been selling just a same style of toad and pouch for 10 years. Like we are so overdue <laughs> to have some new products. So that is like, hopefully by late spring, summer, we're going to have a lot of new stuff on the table. We're really excited. Yeah, that's so exciting. And like, we've talked about long-term, what a dream it would be if like, we could have all new, like a bunch of bags, different styles of bags, keep our core collection, but just all the different things you could tote around having a bag for that. And then also selling, you know, candles or home goods, like having kind of like Little Market or 10,000 Villages, like having a bunch of different products and support Mm -hmm. like survivors all over the country all over the world we have lots of dreams but we do yes we really would love to do more speaking engagements I mean actually it's funny because we're both very shy usually but we just love it like once we're up there you know it's really wonderful to get to like just see faces and meet new people and share what we do so hopefully that'll be something we can do more of yeah, that speaks to your passion. When you have a passion to, and there's something inside of you that you need to share, like I've learned that even though you're shy, it just kind of all falls away. <laughs> right, just bubbles it out. Yeah. yeah. And you should tell our audience about your product line at 10,000 Villages. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we we do so many things, honestly. It's like we're forgetting. So thank you for reminding yeah, Thank you. <laughs> It was fun. I created a pattern with dogs wearing chef hats and they put it on aprons and tea towels and oven mitts. And we're really happy with how they turned out. They've been selling really well. We just got really good feedback yesterday, actually, that they're flying out of there. So that was really cool to see. It was a fun change because, you know, we're so used to like our style, you know, anything you can tote around. So it was kind of fun to do some kitchen stuff. That's really no, fun. And of course, we so love town. Like we're just like huge Ten Thousand Villages fans, anyway. Mm-hmm. So just to partner with them, and have, we've worked with them for so long, so it was cool to kind of take the partnership to the next level. Yeah, the design is so cute. If you guys go to Ten Thousand Villages, I was just there a few days ago, and immediately the pattern of the dogs popped out at me. It's so cute. Oh, yay! <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. Like to hear it. <laughs> Yeah, excited to see the growth. Truly excited to see all the new product lines coming. I I can't wait. So at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests this fun question. What is your favorite fair trade item? Like favorite fair trade product? And then I always just say, okay, for now, because everyone struggles <laughs> with this question. So for now, this current, what's your current favorite fair trade product? 
Well, we laughed because we both said the same thing at the same time, which is, which is Tony's chuckle only because yes. we're huge fans. <laughs> All day, every day. All day, every day. Like yeah. we've partnered with them in the past and like, I'm like, just give me all, like, I want that, you know, we both second and that makes that. I'm like, yes. you bring it on. But yeah, I don't know, Michelle, if you want to add to that, but that was like first in my mind, like chocolate. Yeah, Tony's. Tony's chocolate. <laughs> Ponies, and then I would also say for a different product line, the Madewell denim that is fair trade certified. It's so exciting to be able to go to the mall and like buy fair trade clothes. And yeah. I've always liked their jeans, and like now, now that there's a fair trade option, that's all that I'll buy. So yeah, thanks, Madewell. <laughs> yeah, so good, so good. I love seeing fair trade grow just within the past few years. I remember meeting Michelle for the first time at my first Fairtrade LA meeting. So you were involved in Fairtrade LA before me. And I just remember oh hearing God. you talk about your business and what an inspiration. And and back then, you could barely find Fairtrade products in grocery stores, let alone a mall or, or you know, these name brands. But now look at how far we've come as a movement. It's so exciting. So exciting. Such yeah. fun memories, Alicia. I'm I like forget about those days. Yeah. <laughs> In the little classrooms at USC. It's so yes. Fun. Before LA was a fair trade city. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. We were always discussing about that. Oh, so fun. <laughs> so we also end every episode asking our guests, what is one simple action step you want our listeners to do after this episode to make this world a better place? I would say shop wisely i mean i think pretty much everything in my house is from salvation army or habitat for humanity i think you know avoiding plastics just you can do so much to help the planet and people by how you shop so you know shop fair trade shop secondhand all of those things i think makes a huge huge difference and i think people don't realize how much of a difference it makes like if you made the choice to only buy fair trade or to you know if you need something go to Salvation Army, try there first, like how much of an impact you can make over the course of your lifetime. I think for me, I I love like, you know, we kind of talked or touched on it that we care about sustainability. That's part of like the fair trade principles is being a sustainable company and using organic cotton and all these things. And so sometimes sustainability feels overwhelming for just like one person. Like, how am I going to make a difference? Or like, it just feels hard to to give things up or change. But one thing I just recently was late to the bandwagon on was joining a buy nothing group on Facebook. And for those of you that are also new to this, there's buy nothing groups for like every neighborhood, I think in the United States. I'm not sure if it's international, but you can like... I live in uh, in Long Beach and there's like probably 50 different buy nothing groups in Long Beach for your specific like address. And so how it works is you are able to like post pictures of anything that you want to donate or get rid of and your neighbors will comment if they want it and then they'll post things and you can comment if you want it. But it's just been incredible. Like the group that I'm in, people will be like, hey, I have this empty gum container and two people comment like I want it. And I'm like, Wow, I don't know what they're gonna use it for. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> like this is a real example. Of... 
I'm just so impressed ever since I've joined any, any time, like I have something that I'm no longer using, even if I think it might be trash, I'll put it on there. Like, does anyone want this? And usually there's like a bunch of people that want it. And anyway, so it's pretty fun. And I've gotten some stuff for free too. That's been a huge blessing. So (laughs) yeah, I've heard people share about that more recently. So I need to get, I need to get in that too. That's so cool. Do it. (sighs) Highly recommend it. (laughs) Well, thank you, ladies. You know it's a great episode when you both laugh and cry at the same time. And I did both. <laughs> so <laughs> very true. So this was an amazing conversation. So glad I got to share your story with everybody. And I'm sure there'll be more to come. Thank yeah. you for having thank us. You. Thank you, Alicia. We're so honored. What an incredible, insightful, and heartwarming conversation. I hope you walked away from this feeling more hopeful that there is beauty and love in the world. Love truly drives what we all do in this fair trade world. And I think that's what draws us all closer together. Now, I'm so excited for you to check out their products at thetoteproject.com. Faye and Michelle is giving you, our listeners, a 20% off their entire site. Just use promo code FAIRTALKS at checkout. As always, you can find these details in our show notes at fairtradela.org slash podcast. Hope you find something special for you or as gifts this holiday season. I want to thank the creative team behind the Fair Talks podcast, our executive producer, Juliette Bucquerel, our editor, Caden Sullivan, our marketing team, Jasmine French, Elena Alcero, and Lizzie Case. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fair Talks podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community and sharing the fair trade message. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fair Trade USA, for making this possible. Now, are you ready to create change? The next time you're out shopping, just pick up one fair trade item to buy, like coffee, chocolate, or bananas, and make a difference. Ask your office, church, business, school, or your family to shop more fair. If you have any questions or want to learn more, head over to fairtradela.org slash podcast for show notes, discount codes, and additional resources. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And follow us on social media at FairTradeLA to join our amazing community of fair trade lovers. Tune in to our next Fair Talks conversation to hear more life-changing stories. Thanks for listening.